You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We are recording at the LCMS Youth Gathering in Houston, Texas. This has been a blast. Um, this We've had three huge full days in the convention center, the George yeah. R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas. And sitting down with us now is a fellow D.C. Of course. Paul Krentz <laughs> joining us today. So, Paul, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank you. Paul and I go back way back to the early 2000s when we served together in the Texas district. Uh-huh. And what I didn't realize is just the great history Paul has as a church worker. So tell us about, yes. tell us about the path that led to you becoming a church worker. Well, the path that led to me coming, becoming a church worker actually started the, the summer after my senior year. Back at that time, uh, I, was, I was enrolled already at the University of Missouri to go to, to school of journalism. I had been admitted. Wow. And I went to LSV school at St. Paul's College, Concordia, Missouri, which was called Lutheran Service Volunteers. It was something oh, being yes. done then. And I went to LSV school, and unbeknownst to my parents, that week felt called into church work. Before I left on Friday, I'd already filled out an application to apply to St. Paul, which when I got home, my parents were shocked because I was going to be going to the University of Missouri, and all of a sudden now I'm going to St. Paul's College. That is that is quite the... I, yeah. I did something similar to my parents. <laughs> I, I was Not in, quite that drastic, but yes. <laughs> I didn't know about teacher ed that, at that time. I was in... you know uh, te- I didn't know about D.C. I was in teacher ed. Dr. David Schmiel, who later taught at Fort Wayne, was a theology professor. He's the first one to say, have you ever thought about being a D.C.? And of course, in 1969, I said, what is a D.C.? Because I'd never <laughs> heard mm-hmm. of it before. Yep. Yep. And the rest is history. What did you do uh, once you applied to St. Paul. What, are your, what were your college years like? Learning how to do do the DCE work. Well, I I, I played basketball at St. Paul's <laughs> College and did choir. So so my extracurriculars were more important to me, except for theology classes, which I loved. <laughs> Transferred to Seward because, of course, St. Paul's was a junior college. Uh-huh. I was in teacher ed with a major in theology, minor in sociology, and on campus we had a group uh, that was called Youth Group Consultants. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck Dull, professor at Seward, organized that, and we went out and worked with little rural congregations. Then I actually went about my regular student teaching in, at St. Paul Lutheran Royal Oak, Michigan. Hey. And the, they had never had student teachers before. And so Pastor Ron Gettler, who was the senior pastor, then said, hey, I want you to teach uh, an adult Bible class on 1 on Corinthians. I was 20. I had never taught adults. And I told him that. He said, that's no problem. I'll help you. You'll be fine. So I started doing that, started working with the youth group. And when Roy Kraus, who was the student teaching supervisor from Seward, came, he said, you're doing a lot of things that we don't want student teachers actually doing. You're really supposed to be focusing on your classroom teaching. But since you're doing all that stuff, we have two calls for DCEs this year. Would you consider such a call? And, huh. of course, I was 20. I would say yes to anything. <laughs> and I said yes. And that's why I ended up in my first DCE position with no DCE certification whatsoever. Not till much later. <laughs> so this year, you, you and your wife are serving as uh, special guests host for the gathering. So right, right. The, the host for special guests here at the gathering. Yes. 
and and that's I think probably a fun job because you get to meet so many of the the special guests coming to the gathering. And this is 2022. Yes. How many gatherings <laughs> have you attended? I've been at 15, and this is the 15th. My wife Becky has been at 14. She missed one when our <laughs> children were little. So oh, I've been at all that's of them. fair. Yeah. <laughs> so 15 gatherings. These gatherings occur every. Now they occur every three years. Have they always been every three years? Yes, starting in 1980. So you've starting starting in 1980. Did it take us back to the early days of the gatherings? I've I've heard stories from <laughs> the first gathering, and uh, what we've learned throughout the years. Well, the first gathering, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there were about 4,000 uh, participants, was on the campus of Colorado State University in Fort Collins, and we actually stayed in dormitories that time. Oh, wow. So that was the first one. And then uh, San Antonio, the second, the third one, a place probably never will happen again, was Washington, D.C. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, interesting one. Huh. What about the rest of... I'm, I'm curious. I don't know the history of any of these. I, I know a little bit of the history of how they started just from doing some Walter League research, but right, right. but what about the... Where were the rest of them? Oh, well, they're on the back of my shirt, but <laughs> uh, 83 was was, uh, was San Antonio the fir- for the first time. Uh-huh. Then 86 was Washington. 1989 was the... Uh, everybody that was there will remember the Red Rocks incident where half oh. the group got caught in a rainstorm outside of Denver. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to mix up some of the years. I know we've been at, uh, this will be the next year, will be the fourth time in New Orleans. Yeah. One of the times we were scheduled for New Orleans because of Hurricane Katrina, it got moved to Orlando. Right. I know we've been in Orlando a couple of times. Okay. And San Antonio three times. This is the first time in Houston. So. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? I know that might be like asking for a favorite <laughs> child, but. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't have a favorite. They, uh, they've all been all been very meaningful and we've we've been with a lot of times we were with students uh, really up till the last several the last two we were part of the care team and this time we had a new role so. okay so how have how have they changed over the years because you you've seen them grow and expand and change and, and all of that how have you seen things change since since the first one in 1980 well certainly technologies changed them oh, dramatically yes. <laughs> I mean no big screens at the first one um, and that it's been interesting to see how that's how that's changed in terms of the general format though I mean the formatting has been at least we could say similar it, I mean I, there's been subtle changes from time to time um, but but very similar mm-hmm one experience I could share yes. is in 89 at Denver, I did, a, I did one of the sectionals, and I did it on dealing with your Mormon friends and neighbors. Oh, interesting. A lot of kids from Utah, Nevada, Idaho came to that gathering, mm-hmm. and I started presenting. And what I had was decent, but some of the students that were there who went to school with those kind of with students who were Latter-day Saints knew more than I did, so I invited them to come up. And I let them take over the whole thing because they were they were they just kind of gave their testimony about how they were witnessing to their Latter Day Saint friends. It was and kids wanted to ask kids questions. Yeah. It, it was a really good experience, actually. Wow. Do you remember how many students were at the first gathering in 1980? I, I was guessing. I don't remember for sure, but I'm thinking around 4,000. Okay. It's like a drop yeah. in the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> 4,000. So I'm guessing. I don't know that for sure, though. That's about how many students are in one of the Bible studies. Right. And there are numerous Bible studies that happen yeah. now at the right. gathering. So that's about how many students in one 
giant meeting room yeah. here. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, we were, I think we were in their, I don't know if it was the gymnasium at Colorado State or their big theater auditorium, mm-hmm. some, some, a room like that. Wow. So went from a college campus to how did then did we move to the larger setting of a convention center and a dome or an arena and really just taking over a whole city? <laughs> well, by, by, 80, by 83, uh, in, in the first one in San Antonio, I don't remember if we were already where the Spurs play that time. But big arena, yes. Yeah, so already oh, wow. by the second one, it was in a very large, and that one had they really they really keyed on the Hispanic flavor of mariachi, and there was a lot of that kind of music, Ooh. et cetera, at that gathering. So um, it was called Amigos de Cristos, fr- uh, <laughs> Friends of Christ, uh, and much of the upfront talent and performers were. Uh, were Hispanic people from San Antonio, so they did a great job of, of connecting culturally, I thought. That's cool. And I think we see that in every gathering. There's a strong connection to the local community and the culture as well. And and, and we've certainly seen that here in Houston as well with some yeah. of the, the, the things that, that have been offered at this gathering. Um, what, has, what have you personally learned from attending all 15 gatherings? How has it, how has it strengthened you or served you as a church worker? Um, it, it's it, to be witnessed to by young adults, yabs, um, high school students. Um, it, it is just such an encouragement in my faith life. The other thing would, would be to see how Christ worked in the lives of young people that we know who are now serving in the church. Mm. Um, a number of students that we took ourselves and that we know are serving as pastors, teachers, DCEs, deaconesses in the in the Lutheran Church today. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the gathering itself was one of the catalytic events in their life that kind of prompted that calling for them. Yeah. Are there a lot of people here that you know because you've been at so many? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Can you go anywhere without people stopping you? <laughs> Uh, I, yes, but there are a lot of, yes, we know an awful lot of people. We have, we have at some previous gatherings, we, we run a bus in New Orleans. We started talking to two girls in front of us, found out that their, their mom and dad's names, and realized we took their mom and dad to a youth gathering. <laughs> of course. And, and the first, I figured out this week, so 1980, my average age of, the, of students that we took were 16. Uh-huh. Take that to 2022. They're now 58 years old. Oh, wow. So they could have grandchildren at this gathering. Even. Yeah. The amount of Lutheran bingo that you can play is just incredible. Like <laughs> the, the network of people that are connected to Yes, but to he, you would he would win. <laughs> no. Oh, man, you'd win every game. No, no, no. <laughs> that is amazing. Do you, so here in Houston, uh, what's been your favorite thing about this gathering? Well, I'll, I'll just, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I will say the, the, the morning Bible studies that we've done with uh. Gabe Casper, Pastor Gabe Casper, mm-hmm. who is a former Texas guy, <laughs> who is now the campus pastor at University of Michigan, and Blythe Barreto, who teaches at yep. Theology at Concordia High School in Tombaugh, mm-hmm. they've done just a spectacular job. Uh, what's been, and it's one of the Bible studies that has like 4,000. It's in the General Assembly of, of the George R. Brown. You can hear a pin drop in that room when, mm-hmm. when they're teaching. Yeah. But really being listened to. Yeah. Looking over at the gatherings over the years and seeing here how many, I, I'm sure thousands of volunteers there are that it takes to make this mm-hmm. event happen. Yeah. How did that grow? You know, going back to the first gathering, uh, 
do you remember how many volunteers were involved or, you know, seeing how that, that, because you, it's obviously, it's essential to have, oh. you know, thousands yeah. of volunteers to, for this event to happen in the way that it does. But how did you see that role, those roles of volunteers change over the years? I, I'm not sure I have a good answer. The one thing that's grown that I, that I think about the most in recent years are the young, the, the cadre of what they call the Orange Nation, young adult mm-hmm. volunteers. And we've known a lot of students who've done that. Um, I guess I've been super impressed by the fact that they are willing to come and pay most of their own way for this experience, mm-hmm. just just to volunteer for a week and then work there, really work hard all week long, and and work hard to try and keep everybody's spirits up. They do a great job of that. We know um, some Yavs from from our own church who came as students, then came as Yavs, then got married, and now they came as ambassadors this time. So there are different ranks of volunteers (laughs) at the gathering. Hierarchy. And trying to explain it to anyone, trying to explain the gathering to anyone outside, well, even inside the LCMS, trying to explain what it's like. uh, You know, it's hard to describe it. For me, I think there's a little bit of camp to it, like having served at at a Lutheran camp. There's a little bit of an element of camp to it. Yes, there is. Maybe it's just because you're hot and sweaty all week. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Um, (laughs) And the flexible schedule and meeting and seeing people. So there's there's also a bit of a reunion aspect to it. Oh, yes. Um, And uh, certainly when we gather for the service of God's word and receiving his good gifts, there's a a glimpse of, I think, of of heaven when we receive the Lord's Supper together as well. How would you describe the gathering as from your perspective of having attended all of them when to someone who's trying who's never been to one and trying to understand what it is one comment that students have made through, as i think about through the years is i didn't know that there were this many people who believe what i believe yep. uh, lutheran kids who didn't, they didn't know there were many lutherans that there were th- that there were that many people who believed what they believe and so mm-hmm. they find out a great encouragement to their faith i think that's one of the biggest strengths of the lcms youth gathering mm-hmm. yep I have. I feel like I could probably sit and ask Paul a million more questions. No, but so do you stories. have any more questions before we wrap up, Sarah? Do you have anything? No. This? Okay. We're just gonna keep going. I know I we're gonna go for half hours. <laughs> Well, Paul, thank you, and and I know your lovely wife has been serving alongside you in in, in these years as well. Fourteen gatherings well, in, in a number of times. I've been her helper. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, serving alongside <laughs> each other at these gatherings. Thank you so much for making time for us. I know you have the responsibilities of this gathering, so thanks for making time for us here on the Coffee Hour. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs>